Hello, this is David Wilcoxon, and this is part two of the explanation of the covenant in Daniel 9. So please watch the first video before this one. I don't want to press this point too much, but it's important to see the two narratives taking place in the first century of those living by the Mosaic covenant and those who have entered into the Abrahamic everlasting covenant by faith. All of this points to what occurred in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel 9 as the two covenants met at the cross of Calvary. So what is Daniel referring to in Daniel 9.4 when he said, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. As we'll see in other verses in this video, Daniel's talking about how the Jews have disobeyed the Mosaic Covenant and a curse is upon them. But in this verse, he seems to be talking about the remnant of Israel who obeyed the Father out of love for him. Abraham and his spiritual descendants believed by faith and lived according to the everlasting covenant. It's this same covenant that we live by today, by faith in Messiah's atoning work for our sins. These Old Testament verses show that the Father had a covenant relationship with those who loved him with all their heart. Deuteronomy 5.10 says, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Knowing therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. And just keep in mind that you can strive to keep his commandments, but if your heart is far away from the Father, if you're just doing it to earn salvation, if you're just doing it out of ritual, that's not what these verses are talking about. These verses are talking about people who are set apart for the Father and love him with all their heart. Deuteronomy 7.12 says, Wherefore it shall come to pass, if thee hearken to these judgments, and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. 1 Kings 8.23 says, And he, Solomon, said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee, in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee with all their heart. 2 Chronicles 6.14 says, And said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven, nor in the earth, which keepeth covenant, and showest mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all their hearts. Nehemiah 1.5 says, And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and observe his commandments. Psalms 25, 7-10 says, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. So the spiritual Israelites lived according to the everlasting covenant. The fleshly Israelites lived according to the Mosaic covenant. The Apostle Paul in Romans gives the same narrative, that the true Israelites have a covenant relationship with the Father through the Son. Romans 9, 6-8 says, Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. And it shall come to pass, 
that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith, but as it were by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The physical Israelites who did not believe in Messiah remained judged by the Mosaic Covenant. The Jews and Gentiles who believe in Messiah are the true Israelites, the spiritual descendants of Abraham. In Romans 11, Paul continues the narrative. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to physical Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles, the Romans, be come in. And so all spiritual Israel shall be saved, as it is written, There shall come out of Zion the Deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. So the fullness of the Gentiles is not pointing to a future dispensation period, as some people teach. Paul is telling the Roman believers that judgment was coming upon unbelieving Israelites at the hand of the Gentile Romans, and that took place during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 to A.D. Daniel 12.1 proclaims the same narrative, that the unbelieving Jews will be destroyed, and those who have a covenant relationship with the Father through the Son will be saved. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. The believing Jews were saved, not only spiritually, their names were written in the book of life, but also from the time of trouble for the Jewish nation, when judgment came against it during the three and a half years of the Jewish-Roman War, when 1.1 million Jews died in and around Jerusalem from famine pestilence, infighting, suicide, evisceration, crucifixion, and by the Roman sword. And I cover the fulfillment of Daniel 12 and the time of trouble for the Jewish nation in my The Olivet Discourse Decoded videos, audios, and book. The Apostle Paul gave the same narrative in Galatians 4, as he associated unbelieving Israelites with being in bondage, and the believing remnant is the children of promise. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, that thou travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she with hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. 
But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Unbelieving Jews are symbolized by Hagar, the bondwoman, and the believing Jews by Isaac. It was the belief of 3,000 Jews on the day of Pentecost who formed the foundation of Messiah's Ecclesia of Saints, his church. It's the same belief that we have today. That's the common thread of the remnant of the commonwealth of Israel. Can you now see the dichotomy of the covenants? The Abrahamic everlasting covenant of mercy saves the true Israelites as they believe by faith, love the Father, and seek to obey him out of love, not to earn salvation. The unbelieving Israelites are condemned as the curse of the Mosaic covenant remains on them. They are symbolically Gentiles. This is true of people in the Old Testament and the New. Nothing has changed. There is no replacement theology. There's one consistent theme. Futurists protest that the Jews didn't accept Messiah. Therefore, they must be given more time during a future seventh week of Daniel. They say that the saints will be raptured out at the start of a seven-year tribulation and that the Father will then deal with the Jews. But the narrative of the Gospel of John and the book of Acts shows that many Jews did believe in Messiah. Recall that Daniel 9.27 says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Scripture declares that this occurred during the seventh week of Daniel 9. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 2.23 says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. John 4.53 says, So the father knew that it was at the same hour, in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. John 7.31 says, And many of the people believed on him, and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? John 8.30 says, And he spoke these words, Many believed on him. John 10.42 says, And many believed on him there. John 11.45 says, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. John 12.11 says, Because that, by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. John 12.42 says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Acts 2, 5 and 41 says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls. Acts 2, 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Acts 4, 4 says, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about five thousand. So Messiah's Ecclesia, his church, is built on the foundation of believers from the house of Israel and the house of Judah, which he rejoined. Some Israelites live by faith in the Abrahamic everlasting covenant of mercy, which points to the anointed one coming to ratify it with his blood as the spotless Passover lamb. But most Jews lived according to the Mosaic covenant in trying to earn their salvation and were left lost in their sins. This is important to establish as Daniel 9 is about those two covenants which intersect at the cross of Calvary in the middle of the seven years of the 70th week of Daniel 9. 
referring again to Daniel 9.4, which says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. He's referring to the Abrahamic everlasting covenant of mercy, to those who love the Father and seek to obey him. Abraham was saved by faith, as was Isaac, Jacob, Israel, David, Daniel. They looked to the promise of the seed, to the anointed one, Messiah, who would atone for their sins as the spotless Passover lamb. Daniel 9.9 says, To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Daniel focuses on the mercy and forgiveness of the Father, and then Daniel alludes to the promises that Jerusalem and the temple would be restored. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thy ear, and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations in the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. So let's look at the context of Daniel 9. The Jews were taken captive by Babylon as punishment for their transgressions against the Heavenly Father for trying to earn salvation via the Mosaic Covenant and failing. Daniel knows that their 70-year punishment is almost over. He realizes that most Jews are still in rebellion against the Heavenly Father and are worse off as many were steeped in worshiping the pagan gods of the Babylonian mystery religion. The Jews had failed to live up to their agreement to obey the law of the Mosaic Covenant and the curse of punishment was still upon them. The Babylonians had destroyed their city and temple, but the next time, it would be a much worse punishment, their nation's effective end. So Daniel is pleading with the Father, confessing their sins about not keeping the Mosaic Covenant. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God, to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants the prophets. Yea, all Israel has transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey his voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judge us, by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth. For we obeyed not his voice. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. In those verses, we see the second covenant referred to in Daniel 9 is that of the Mosaic covenant, which brings a curse upon the nation for not obeying it perfectly. So what's the focus of Daniel's prayer? 
forgiveness for his people, the Jews who had disobeyed the Mosaic Covenant, which he knew would come from the promised anointed one, as he understood the declarations in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he, Messiah, was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was caught off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. Daniel 9.26 points to Messiah being cut off, sacrificed for the sins of his people. Isaiah 53.10-11 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Daniel focused on the Father, rebuilding the city and temple, which would restore the Jewish nation. And Daniel focused on the Abrahamic everlasting covenant of mercy to those who love the Father and seek to obey him. So there are two covenants in Daniel 9, before the covenant is mentioned in Daniel 9.27. Both covenants point to Messiah the Prince, the topic of Daniel 9.25 and 26. In Luke 24.44, Messiah proclaimed, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. The law, the Mosaic covenant, pointed to Messiah as he's the only one who could obey it perfectly. The prophets pointed to Messiah, coming to pay the price for our transgressions, to ratify the everlasting covenant of mercy with his blood, to put it into effect. Let's look at how scripture confirms these truths. Isaiah 42 says, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thy hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light unto the Gentiles. Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom we delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. In Matthew 26.28, Messiah says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The New Testament translators call it a new covenant, but it's a renewing, a confirming of the everlasting covenant of mercy. To put the everlasting covenant into effect, it needed to be ratified, confirmed with the blood of the spotless Passover lamb. So the dichotomy of Old Testament believers and New Testament believers is a false construct. The Bible is one continuous narrative. The plan has always been to send the anointed one, the spotless lamb, to atone for the sins of those who believe by faith, so that the wrath of the Father passes over them. This is what the Holy Feast Day of Passover is about, when the Israelites sacrificed a lamb and put its blood over the door, so that the angel of death passed over them. Messiah is the door. Then saith Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come, that they might have a life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I will stop here in the explanation to keep the video short. In the next video, we'll finish our focus on the two covenants in Daniel 9. If this video helps you, please click on the thumbs up, make a comment, and share it with others. You can print out PDF summaries 
request a free PDF copy of the 70th week of Daniel 9 decoded book or get a printed copy at www.70thweekofdaniel.com. That's all for today. I love y'all. Shalom.